We're on live today, Blog Talk Radio, and this is KWAD Radio. This is Patty Holstrin, and we're on live today with J.T. Barber, author of a brand new book coming on the 24th of September, so just a few days away, and the book is called Reflection of a Whisper. Uh, J.T. is an author with a vision, and one of her uh, goals here, she says, uh, in life there are no real excuses. The only limitations are the snares uh, one sets for themselves. If you have a goal, go after it with all tenacity. Claim it as it is already in your possession. If you are not happy with the return of your harvest, change the seed. I love that that uh, phrase there. And I'm introducing J.T. Barber. Are you on there? I am, Patty. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you doing today? I cannot complain. I don't have a single thing to complain about. <laughs> well, we can anyway, but, you know, it's good to look at the good stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, I, I loved what you said there, um, your your quote that you had there about, you know, if you don't like what you, what's in front of you right now, uh, what you return to your harvest of what you were doing, then you know, change your spe- your seed. You know, change your uh, your your outlook on life. Absolutely. So tell us a little uh, bit about tell us a little bit about yourself, okay? Um, I'm a native of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <clears throat> Went to school here. Um, I did a little moving around once I got a little older. I wanted to see the country. I wanted to get different experiences. And uh, I tried a lot of different things. Um, I tried, you know, the trade side. And the one thing that I had never really done was dedicate enough time to my writing, which I started in um, in my high school years. So that's just kind of sort of like the quick snapshot of, of all of who I am. Not sure if you're hearing that, but we're having a little bit of fading in and out there. Are you moving? No. <laughs> hmm. You know, technology's a wonderful thing. <laughs> when it, it works. <laughs> so, I uh, apologize to anybody listening. You got a bit of a fading in and out. Uh, it, you know, could be any number of things between uh, our location and and where she lives. Which, by the way, where are you at right now? I'm in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, right now. Awesome. So it's uh, it's a three-hour difference there. You guys have night right now. Yes, it's a little after 8.30. Awesome. So uh, your idea for your story, and this is your first story, correct? Yes. Okay. And Reflections of a Whisper. Tell us about that. Um, well, essentially, I came up with um, the idea of trying to do something different. Um, I've watched a documentary on the life of James Brown, and one of the things um, in the documentary that kind of sort of put my attention was the fact that he said that I'm not colorblind, I don't view people as black or white. And until we stop doing that, you know, um, we're always going to have turmoil. And... From after watching that, it brought me to the question of can literature be as universal as music? You know, um, you can have a great song with great lyrics, and it doesn't matter whether it's set to a pop beat, whether it's set to a hard rock beat or country beat, people are going to respond because it's a great song. Um, And I wanted to see if that would be possible as far as, you know, as literature is concerned, a lot of times when we read, we use our imagination and we try to relate to the characters, you know, based on how we perceive them. But when we perceive them, we perceive them based on stereotypes. So what I tried to do was remove all written description of race from my characters to see if it was possible for people to tune in to solely the fact that it's a human, it has a story, and... um put things in there and their character development to see if people with readers would be able to relate to them without assessing their judgment based on 
you know, their ethnicity. So I started writing it um, November of 2005, and, you know, I started, I stopped, I started, I stopped. I kept trying to figure out and create different ways of doing that. And the more I kept writing, the more story developed. So, you know, it went from one book to three books, from three books to five books, and from now from five books to seven books. Um, Reflections of uh-huh. a Witch was actually just the first of the series where, you know, it is introducing the characters and how they how each of the characters interrelate with one another um, before, you know, we really, really get into the nuts and bolts of, you know, what I really want the series to be about. Okay. So if you were going to put this into a genre, what would you what would you cast classify this? I've actually had a difficult time with that, being an other author and other book events. Um, I tell everyone that I would say it's contemporary fiction. Um, okay. But I don't think that there is a specific genre already in place that it would necessarily fall into. There are, you know, there's some suspense things. There's some um, drama you know, heartfelt drama mm-hmm. things going on in the story. There's some inspirational things going on in the story. So, you know, if anything, you know, I would just say it's in the fiction section. <laughs> okay. And hopefully, you know, hopefully from the different types of people that, you know, will pick it up and read it, they'll be able to find something in it that will, you know, stick with them. Right, resonate with them. Awesome. Exactly. Uh, you're you're. Yeah, I was wondering because your synopsis that you sent me is uh, is a bit nebulous. That's why I'm going. Okay, I mean you got a fam, you got the family drama here going. Uh, so right. obviously, literary fiction would be definitely a good uh, spot for you. It says it says here. Have you ever wondered why a certain thing was happening to you? Have you ever asked yourself, how did I get here? Several characters in this book ask themselves these same questions. So that's where you're taking it is that uh, it, it's obviously a, a family-oriented type of story uh, about a life of these characters. Yes. Okay. And what would you say, okay, without giving away the ending, of course, um, would be the first installment, what would you think the things that you want them to get out of it? Um, actually, it would be wonderful for me as the author that whoever reads the book will find one character, several characters that they could actually relate to, um, to the point where, um, maybe they'll say, I'm, I haven't been in this particular instance or this particular situation, but I know someone that has been in a similar situation or I've been in a similar situation, and so you know, how could I have handled it differently? Or I'm in that situation right now or a type of situation like that. Right now, how can, what have I done currently? How can I change? How You know, am I going about it the right way? And, you know, essentially family is is a hard one because there's different, there's different types of families. I don't want to say that there's bad families, but there, you know, people would label it as dysfunctional families. And a lot of people, not want to talk about those things because it's uh, what happens at home should stay at home, but there's still a lot of stories that go on. There's still a lot of expectations. There's still about a lot of, um, you know, family history, things that have been done traditionally that, you know, you may not necessarily agree with, but you kind of sort of fall into that where you're at the crossroads. So where do I go with what the family wants me to do? If I not go where the family wants me to do? So, um, I just hope that, like I said, I just hope that people find or are able to connect with one or more of the characters and able to kind of sort of assess where they are, and hopefully it will be able to help them or help someone that they know. Awesome. Um, <laughs> of course, that makes me want to ask you these questions. Uh, <laughs> what sparked you to desire to write this story? Um, initially, it was how can I do something different? 
and the character started speaking to me. So I sat down, and of course you do character development, but it was it was in such a way that I would go all the way back to how, you know, when they were born, each of the characters. So I have, like, that much backstory on them. And then it was like, okay, well, what would be realistic in this sense? If I if this were my family or um, if I, you know, just knew someone in this family, I was just close to them, you know, six degrees of separation, and I knew them, like, what would be realistic as a person on the outside looking in, as a person actually inside, and ah, uh, it it just kind of sort of grew on its own. Okay. You know, um, it really did. Sure. But I do think that it is very important for for certain stories to be told. Um, and I was actually just at an event um, this past week, and a young lady there, um, an, another um, young author, she wrote her autobiography, and of course, you know, there were some good things and there were some not-so-good things that, you know, she enlightened us in regards to her own personal story. And right. when we talked about that in the as a group, because it was like an author's roundtable, but as a group, when we discussed that with those that were, you know, um, listening to us, I mentioned the fact that there are a lot of stories that go untold and because they go untold, there are people who believe that they may be the only person to have experienced something like that. And so it's important for us to kind of sort of take Band-Aid off, in a sense, uh-huh. and allow the air to hit it uh-huh. so that, you know, people can start to heal from the inside out. Right. Yeah, I think it's an inspirational type of thing where, you know, someone says, hey, you know, I've gone through this stuff and, and you know, if these characters can get past it, maybe I can too. Uh, so that's that's always uh, you know positive. It's a positive thing. That's why I was kind of wondering if you have this much trauma in your writing, whether or not that was sparked from something in your past. Of course, um, that, that's taking I, deep. I know, but <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I mean, I've seen a lot of things um, in my short years. I've seen a lot of situations, whether it was in my own family or other family or adopted family people. You know, sometimes you have friends or, you know, people that you work with that you kind of sort of adopt as your own, you know. um, And I've seen a lot of things, but I don't think at this point in my life I would be willing, I wouldn't be brave enough to do my own autobiography. So this story was fully created. And once I came up with the, the, the kind of sort of the bare bones of it all, that's when, you know, the story started to take form and shape. Good, good. So what would you say uh, has inspired you most in your writing career so far? I know you're new, but um, you know. <laughs> which, which which authors have inspired you to you know in the past? Oh, um, there's a host of them um, from poets. Like I love Langston Hughes' work. Um, there are a few poems by William Ernest Henley, like the Invictus poem. Um, there is... George Orwell. I didn't like Animal Farm too much, but I am in love with 1984, and um, it, I went through a season where I was just really into sci-fi. So it was 1984. <laughs> it was Fahrenheit 451. It was. Oh man, and that's just somebody out of my love there. <laughs> <laughs> and it really changed my perspective. Yeah. You know, some someone 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years ahead could have written down and out of their imagination tell us to pick, to pick certain things that actually are now, you know, tangible. So that was really that was really awesome to me. Um, those sci-fi writers really had a large effect on me. And mm-hmm. also um, some newer writers, like I love Dan Brown. I love him. I think that, you know, whether, there's, of course, there's a big debate as to how much truth is in his writing. But one thing I can say about him is that he is very detailed. He, you know, does all of the research that he possibly can. Will right. Forward. And so it gives you the feeling that you're in the room at the, on the same day that he was in the room. You saw everything that he saw when he was doing his research in addition to being in that room as a, as a part of that story, so I really love him for that. And um, there's some other motivational writers like Charles Haynell. 
I like his work. I love Tony Morrison. I love um, Dr. Maya Angelou. Um, I I read a lot, so it's a lot of. There's a lot of uh, authors that I like for different reasons that kind of sort of added to me, came towards my fabric, so to speak. So, so you're oh, talking James about Baldwin. So you were talking about Dan Brown and and his uh, obviously his broad research that he had to do in order to do what he did in his book. And I often say that uh, for a lot of historical writers, uh, in order to mess up history, you have to know what your history is in the first place. So did you did you do any research, or did you have to, or is it something that your just characters just took off and and started writing the book for you? No, there there is some things that um, needed to be researched in the book in terms of, you know, what brings all of these people together? How do they know each other? How are they interrelated other than those that are family members? And so um, I had to, you know, research some things that may have been a little bit uh, dangerous to research, but, you know, I did that just because I wanted it to be authentic. So if there was somebody from that, from that, let's say, that lifestyle, they would be able to read it and say, I think she knows a little bit about what she's talking about. Right. Um, so, okay. and that's, 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 that's the other thing I really wanted to pull into it. I wanted to make it as realistic as I possibly could. And, of course, you know, I don't, I don't know of any other authors that are, you know, attempting to write stories like mine or um, I know that I'm new at it, and I might not be the best at it, but, you know, this was my initial attempt, you know, and I gave 100% for what it is I'm trying to do, and I'm pretty sure, you know, um, as long as I keep intending for it, I can get better and better as each book goes along. That That is to be expected. As, uh, yeah, I often tell authors, it says, you know, this is the beginning. You need to develop and, and grow with every with every book you do. And, you know, years down the road, um, your style is going to be different. So that's, that's always going to know. What does your family think about your writing? Um, I think they're kind of used to it, only because I started out with poetry. And mm-hmm. my poetry kind of seemed more like an outlet. You know, it was my own personal therapy. I was able to write out all the feelings and thoughts and notions that I had had um, even at a younger age, you know. And I think they were just, they were taken aback by that, like the concepts that I was able to put into the, the poetry. So as far as writing this novel, I don't think that they were shocked. I think, if anything, they were just happy that I was able to finish it <laughs> because it took so long. Yeah. From the, yeah. from the point at which I first started. And um, it was funny because I said this the other night as well. I said, because the question was, um, from the point that you started until now, you know, what would be the one thing that you would change? And so the young lady sitting next to me said, you know, I think I wasted a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> so when the question got to me, I said, um, I would agree that I think a lot of time, you know, was wasted from 05 to 2010 because um, I finished writing the book. Actually, the storyline was pretty much done July 6, 2010. So from 11.05, July of 2010, and um, then I went through the process of working with my editor and things of that nature. Um, but I said, but you know what? The awesome thing about it is that I believe that things happen in the time frame that they're meant to happen. Oh, definitely. So even, so even if um, it did seem like it took me a long time, I think that there were some life experiences, there were some things that I needed to witness, there were things that I needed to go through for myself in order for me to be a better person. And then, you know, I could also add that to my characters, give them more depth to their personalities. And um, so it's kind of like, a, you know, a win you know, a win-win situation. Yes, I could have been finished earlier, but I, you know, I'm just grateful that I did finish and that I'm happy with, you know, how this developed. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I think we're both sisters when it comes to that. Uh, you know, it took a long time for me to do the story, but it would never have been what it is now if I would have done it sooner. So you, you have to, you know, let things ferment. Um, 
And even Ray Bradbury, somebody you mentioned earlier that you, you enjoyed his stories, uh, he often said that. He said he, he had a kernel of idea, and he would let it sit on the windowsill, so to speak, and, and let it ferment. And years later, sometimes years later, he would actually pick it up and say, oh, okay, this is, this is a story here. And uh, and he would take it, and, and it becomes something, you know, as only Ray Bradbury would do. <laughs> It right. make it something so awesome. Um, but that wouldn't have been the same story if he would have tried it 10 years before. Because, as you say, we have to go through certain things in order to uh, ferment ourselves and, right. be- and become who the voice that we need to get out. That doesn't, that doesn't happen all the time. I know my family was the same way. They said, well, when are you going to get this thing done? When is it going to sell? <laughs> yes. <laughs> If they don't understand it, that's just not how it's done, you know. Um, you know creatively, yeah, you know, that's the same thing. You, right. you have you think, gotta get it out. <laughs> yeah, I think some writers would love to be able to turn out a new book every week. You know, sure. but you know, like you were saying, those people that are um really into their creative process and making sure that, you know, all of the points connect, you know, it does take longer sometimes than would have liked it to, but it always ends up the way that, exactly the way that you wanted it to. Definitely. And I have some authors who I say, you know what? I think I think you need to work on it some more. <laughs> I don't think you're ready. That uh, you know, everybody's in a hurry. Everybody's in a hurry. Right. So I'm glad to hear that you took your time and that you you got the story. And of course. Sounds like you've got uh, a good way into your story. You're giving us a piece on a September 24th, and then what's your what's your idea on how often you're going to publish at this point? Um, I would like to do it every six months. I'm not sure if that's you know going to be possible, but I do know that I have the second book slated to be out by the end of May of next year. You know, okay. and I'm already into into the chapters. I think I have about six or seven chapters completed already. So um, I did, you know, kind of sort of give myself a head start, but I knew I was going to have to slow down because of all of the promotion work and things that needed to be done for the first book. So um, that's my goal. I'd like to have the second one out by the end of May of uh, That's a good goal. Uh, so just wait until you start juggling uh, multiple series. That's going to be fun. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think I listened to one of your other shows, and you were got you and the other author were both like, yeah, we, we both have series, and I have eight books, or I have five or seven. I was like, wow, I just got one. Yeah, yeah. keeping track of our own series on top of on top of uh, you know, all the series that my authors are, are writing is, uh, is an interesting, to say the least, it's, it's a cool feeling, though, to get the story done. And, uh, you know, then, of course, obviously the hard part is editing. How did you feel about the editing process? I thought that my editor played a cool joke on me. <laughs> what? <laughs> because we, no, we discussed the process. And, I, you know, of course, I had never done it before, so I asked all the questions that came to mind. I didn't, I didn't have all the, you know, good dollar questions. And so when she first gave me the first assessment, and I was like, okay, I can handle this. This is constructive. I get this. All right. But the it was more tedious than the actual writing of the original story. Yeah, it is. And so, you know, your eyes start crossing and you start getting <laughs> migraines because you're combing through this stuff, you know, page by page by page by page and trying to fine-tune it. And at the same time, you're also learning. You know, that's right. one thing I can say about my editor is that, you know, not only did she just say, well, you might want to think about this or you might want to think about that, she gave me foundation, and that's the type of person that I am. Like, don't just tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong so that I can correct it, you know, from this point forward. So, you know, we had a pretty, um, a pretty good, decent um pretty decent working relationship, the, the two of us. So, you know, I had to learn a lot. Like, one main thing that I didn't get a grasp for, because I had never really thought about it, was transition in the scene. 
Yeah. So the bulk of my story was there, but to have, you know, in a conversation have someone stop and then take two steps and turn around and maybe say something else and then, you know, walk over to pick up something to drink. Like, I wasn't, you know, that wasn't even a thought on my mind, like to have movement in the scene. I, You know, I just had all the conversation pieces. I knew that, you know, the right. block of dialogue sound realistic, and I knew where they were. Like, I knew what room they were in or, you know, what location they were in. And so when she started highlighting those things for me, it was like a total learning curve. Like, well, wait, now I have to have a move? I know what room they're in, but the reader doesn't know what they're in, or the reader doesn't know what location they're in. And so, right. you know, I was just like, why didn't you tell me it was going to be this hard? And, <laughs> and she was like, oh, no, I let all my new authors, you know, kind of sort of find out on their own. I'm like, that was a bad trick to play. Well, she's it's, a necessary, it's a necessary evil, isn't it? Necessary evil. Sorry, so, say that again? It, I said it's a necessary evil where you have to learn that uh, process and, and that, you know it's awesome that you found a, a, a good editor because it does make all the difference um, yeah. and if, if you can stick with that one editor because uh, especially if you have a series I recommend right. it highly to find that one editor and then stay with them I, I've done the same for my time series where that way she's familiar already with the whole right. story uh, what was he for so she can catch things you know, it's like, okay, well, this was in this this book, um, and it's not the same spelling of their name for the second book. You know, stuff like that. Right. Uh, a new editor would not catch. Exactly. So that was my, that's always been one of my uh, things I've recommended for authors is to try to stick with the same editor if you can. Um, so... Well, some, most obviously, okay, so the question I would have next is what was one of the most surprising things you learned while creating your book? And it sounds to me like your editing process. Yeah, that 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 was that was a lot. That, that, that took a lot out of me. It took more out of me, I think, than the actual writing of the book because I kind of sort of, my process is I replay the scenes over and over in my head as if I'm watching a movie. And so when I go to sit down and write that next chapter, um, everything kind of sort of flows because I can see it, and I've been looking at it over and over again. So, you know, that that part was kind of smooth. It's just that I couldn't write it all in one sitting. Um, but the editing, yeah, that was that was actually my, my biggest challenge, I believe. That and, um, yeah, I think that was it. We've got a couple of listeners who are listening in, and they haven't called in, so I'm welcoming welcoming them to do so. Uh, The call-in number is 714-242-5145. We have a couple of guests and Sisters in Harmony. I'm not sure if you know them. Yes, yes. (laughs) Okay. So the call-in number, if you wish, or you can, since you're on chat, you can go ahead and, and... write in uh, what your question or comment is, and I will share it with with JT if you do that. Again, the call number is 714-242-5145. So the question is going to be, uh, where can we find your novel when it comes out on the 24th? Initially, it will be on my website, which is jtbarberonline.com. Um, I'm, I kind of sort of created my own publishing company in order to um, put my own book out. So I'm still, I have a learning curve on that end as well. So um, I initially I wanted to have the book and the ebook available at the same time and wanted, you know, the book to already be in distribution channels. But, you know, differences in time frames and me still learning that in the aspect of the business kind of sort of slowed my process down. It'll still get done. But um, initially, it'll just be on the jtbarbaronline.com. Um, and then within, an, I would say, in the next few weeks, it should be available on the barnesandnoble.com and also on amazon.com. Are you going with just ebook first, or are you going to go in print? No, I went print first. The ebook, the e-book is going to come secondary. Okay. Yeah. You already have your ISBN number? 
Yes, ma'am. Okay. This, this, this is the uh, my other hat that I took on and put on. Uh, just oh, so no, that I way. understand. Okay. Please, because, I'll t- uh, I take all wisdom. <laughs> I take all okay. wisdom. I had a couple of, um, I had the the honor of having, you know, a couple of authors that were already established kind of sort of point me in the right direction. Um, okay. So they gave me a lot of advice. So they told me, you know, this is where you can go and get your ISBNs. This is where you can go and get your covers. That You know, I even took a tour of a, you know, what they call a self-publishing company or Vanity Press. I took a tour, you know, and I was mentally collecting all the information that I had saw there as well. Um, and so I got a lot of tips and pointers. And so I'm grateful to, to everybody that kind of sort of gave me the, their do's and don'ts. Because it pointed me in the right direction. So, if you're um, if you're shooting to print these yourself, then that's fine. Uh, let me know and I'll give you a price, okay? Because I do this for a living. Okay. Okay. For twenty two years, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's part of what I do is I I I take uh, aspiring authors who want to publish themselves and and I help them by people like you know they have their own imprint but they don't know how to publish and don't know the steps uh and don't understand the printing process and of course I've I've had a lot of experience in that and so I take that and have have uh, cultivated a lot of imprints who go to me for printing whether or not they go go underneath me it doesn't matter uh it's that they at least still uh, have a really good-looking product when they're done. And that's really what it's all about. So, Absolutely. Let me know. And otherwise, that's that's, a, that's all the uh, input I'm going to say on that one. Okay. <laughs> so, because I, I think it's important that you that you get onto Amazon. Um, obviously, uh, if you're doing your print, I always uh, recommend the authors uh, put it on ebook, but it's really important for them to have a printed book on hand. Uh, they gotta have that, gotta have those Bibles with them because when they go out and do anything, they need to have one handy to sell. You are in business now, okay? So you've got your own website. I just to let everybody know I have put that onto the chat. So your website is already on there, and also your Facebook page. So what can we expect to see on your website other than just about your book? Anything else you want to your a blog that you um are creating or what you got planned? I have a blog on WordPress called JP Barber Speaks. Um <clears throat> and basically it's you know, www.jpbarber.wordpress.com. And essentially what I do with WordPress is Give some give my readers something weekly that they can chew on as far as motivation, inspiration. Um, my my personal daily goal is to be a better person today than I was yesterday, and so it's really actually helped me, you know, every day because I'm attempting to be a better person. I'm attempting to you know be more positive. I'm a, I'm attempting to be more productive. I'm attempting to be more giving, and so. Um, I do that to get people just to think, you know, and so I've gotten a lot of good responses, whether it be in personal email form or comments on the page where people are like, oh, my goodness, like, I came to your blog, but that's not what I expected. And so, you know, people have subscribed, and I'm just happy about that, and not just so, you know, to bring attention to myself because I'm I'm typing something that somebody else feels that they need in their life in order to make them become a better person. You know, so something okay. to think about, help them, you know, do a self-assessment. So I'm, I'm I'm really glad about that. Um, so the link to the blog is on the website. Um, I also have an online store. So, you know, um, as I have my merchandise comes out, I already have two T-shirts with uh, the website logo on it, branded on it. Um, and with the release party also happening on September 24th, I also have it where they can purchase the tickets online from my site. And the reason I did it that way is because a lot of these other shopping carts, they assess extra fees on top of whatever you say the, the cost should be. So 
So I wanted yeah. people to be able to just pay whatever the cost was without having to pay a service charge. Um, so that's on the site as well. And then, of course, from the website, you can see my Twitter feed and you can see my Facebook feed all from the website. There's also um, an excerpt from the Reflections of a Whistle book also, um, if they wanted to go on and, and look at that, just to, just to get a sneak peek. Awesome. That's terrific. If uh, you had a uh, advice to give an inspiring writer, what would that be? Read and research. <laughs> um, so, we, uh, you know, a lot of times when you get into an industry, whether it's being an author or whether it's being a barber, um, start networking with other people that are in the industry. And one thing is um, that's very that I think is very critical. My my editor agrees is that to, in order to be a writer, you have to be a reader. Um, reason being, not only does it give you source material to help you become a better reader, but um, one of her posts one day, her her status was, you know, how can you be a writer and expect people to invest in you know the story that you told if you don't do it for someone else. So that, you know, that's a little baffle. And researching just in all aspects, just like you noted a little earlier, like once you become an author, you are in business for yourself. And I do have a business background, so, you know, you need to know what type of corporate entity are you going to set up. Are you going to do a sole proprietorship? Are you going to do an LLC? Or are you going to do an S or C corp? These are things that you need to kind of sort of research. You know, if you're going to use a pseudonym, do you want to, where do you go to register your DBA? Um, how to set up a business account? What items do you need in order to set up a business account? And so, you know, that's just one angle. But then, you know, from the notion of if you want to self-publish, you need to research the pros and cons as far as doing that. Um, you know, if you go the Vanity Press way, you should probably research the differences between the ones that are offered so that you can get the best deal for yourself. Or if you want to take the route of trying to get signed on a major publisher, you need to do your research. Like, well, how do I go about doing it? Oh, you need an agent? Well, how do I go about getting an agent? What you know, what steps have to be taken prior to that? And so I think that research is very, 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 very important, but also, you know, studying to make sure that this is this is what it is that you want to do and researching enough so that you can be the best at it based on your resources at the time. I have to say that what you need to do at the very beginning is decide what your what your end goal is. Is it is it that you want to be at a one of the six major publishers or is it that you just want a lot of people to read your book? Right. Uh, uh, so you have to decide what is your true desire in your writing, and then make a plan. Uh, the ones I've seen who are are successful at this, that's just this is what they've done, uh, and it doesn't matter how much they're they're making on their individual book. If their goal is to get a big publisher, then they will take a less take less money on their books. In order to drive up the numbers, right? This is all about numbers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, be so, like so. it's just like a business where you have to have a business plan before you use, before you set up shop. You you decide what it is that you really want to do with your writing, and then you have to make a plan to do that. Uh, that's that's probably one of the biggest things I I would advise anyone. Um, that, when they first start out, also they had spent a whole lot more work than they than they thought it was going to be. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes, it's been a whole lot of work, way more than I expected. That's so that's the nature that. of it. We've got a couple of new people uh, in, and looks like somebody is typing. And I just let anyone know that uh, you can actually physically. Physically call in to 714-242-5145. If you just want to listen, then that's cool. If you're wanting to uh, make a comment or a question here, I would suggest you do so quickly as we are running out of questions. 
I would I would be happy to have somebody else write a question so I can ask it. Okay. Uh, okay. I should not have to be the only one that comes up with stuff. <laughs> I mean, they're sitting there. I know they're listening. <laughs> uh, it's got a lot like Facebook. You know, you write something and everybody uh, writes a mention of it, and then they don't they don't uh, really give you any other feedback. And I'm going like, what What do you mean you like it? You know, I want something more than that. <laughs> you do you do want that, but I think that I think that may be the writer in us. We look for the details. <laughs> I think we like the details. Well, what did you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, uh, this is so. Uh, they, again, they don't they don't give enough information. Um, but you know, I have authors today. Well, you know, I had you know sixty people say they liked it and said yes, but did they buy the book? Yeah, <laughs> I, right. you know, it, it really doesn't mean anything to. Oh, I liked it. Well, why did they like it? Why? Right. Why? What is it about the story that compelled them to keep reading? Or are they just giving you a lip service? Yeah, but so, the other thing that people would really like to be added to Facebook is a dislike button. <laughs> well, Something. you know. I have felt people say that. The thing is that would they really want a dislike button if it was them that was being disliked? Yeah, well, certain things I would say, you know, wouldn't be good. Like, if you didn't have a good day at work, you know, wouldn't say, well, I like the fact that you had a bad day at work. <laughs> so I think that I think that's you know why they why they may want to dislike that's, that's when, button. That's when hitting the like button is probably not a good idea. You know, yeah, no. Or I just make love a loved say, one. That hey. wouldn't be good to write hit the like button on that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go, okay, why did they hit the like button? You know, um, but that's when they should comment and say, hey, you know, man, I, I understand what you're talking about. Yeah. So then they feel like, oh, wow, there's actually somebody out there who knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, right. uh well, that's the problem with Facebook. And was, I was, there was another book somebody wrote about being, um, is this, ah, about being on Facebook that it is disassociates um, people from each other because okay. we don't physically see them. So we are somewhat disconnected, and the younger generation, if you really look at them, that's happening. Uh, the young generation is disconnecting from each other because they're they're you know if they're talking is through a game, right? So or through Facebook, which they don't physically actually have to see anybody. So uh, yeah. that's interesting. I'd be curious to see what our next generation is going to be like. But the Sisters in Harmony said something. They said, "What would you say to the young listeners who like to write?" I would say um, that they should continue regardless of negative feedback. You know, um, I, I, I know I say often sometimes you have to chew up the meat and spit out the fat. So if someone is going to give them constructive criticism, I say take it, run with it, become a better writer. Those people that are naysayers, I would just say ignore those people and keep working at what it is that you really want to do, especially if you have a passion for it. Um, because like we were talking earlier, anytime you start writing, over time, it's going to become better and better and better. And so um, definitely my number one thing is tune out the naysayers, you know, and develop your craft. Definitely. Um, one of your other friends had put on your Facebook, different Facebook page, but it's not completely coming into the chat. I'm not sure if they noticed. Uh, for some reason, it doesn't want to completely go on there. I tried it too. It doesn't want to work. So uh, your other Facebook page, you said, is uh, J- JT Barber Online. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the... the- my personal profile is the JT Barber One, 
If you go to the Facebook.com backslash JT Barber online, that would serve as what they call a fan page. So that's oh, okay. where you get the most up-to-date information in regards to what I'm doing, where I'm going to be. That's the um, actual feed that's linked on to the, to the main page of the website as well, of my website as well. So um, that's where you get the most up-to-date information. And as think- the... Um, as the um, book releases and events come up for book signings or whatever, there's also a page for Reflections of a Whisper. So I'll be able to update that um, with information just solely on Reflections of a Whisper. I fi- we figured it out. It needed to HTTP uh, semicolon slash slash before the www in order to completely come in uh, to the chat. Just let everybody know. You have to have the whole website. Okay. Uh, that way, that way, it says you can click on it and it goes automatically to your page. Yeah, that's great. Um, we have a couple people who, if you have any other questions, and by the way, Sisters in Harmony, thank you for the question. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Actually, Sisters in Harmony is a really great organization that um, I just discovered myself. Um, and collectively, it is a group of women, um, because it's a membership organization, it's a group of women that solely believe in networking. And they also have some gentlemen that, you know, support their events and, and the like. But they are really awesome, very positive people. And when you say network, like, they put the N in network. As soon as as soon as soon uh, the one of the founders' name is Ed Herman and... He, as soon as he shakes your hand, he immediately wants to tell 20 people who you are and what it is that you do. So I really appreciate them logging on and um, and supporting me. I really appreciate that. Definitely. Awesome. Support Support does make a big difference, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. Otherwise, this is kind of a lonely business. <laughs> 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 yeah, I found that out, you know, uh, especially with um, dealing with not just the author side, but trying to become my own publisher. I sat for a lot of hours looking at my laptop alone. You know, you're not in the office with other people in sideways, you know, cubicles. It's just you and your laptop. And so you kind of sort of have to force yourself to be overly disciplined to make sure that, you know, all the do- all the I's got dotted and all the T's get crossed. Oh, it, it is kind of lonely. I didn't think, you know, I didn't think that it would be this way, but I'm not regretful of it either. I think that a lot of times people invest hours and hours and hours working towards someone else's dream, someone else's vision, and we don't put in enough um, hours and time into building our own vision. And so even though it might have started where, you know, I worked full-time somewhere else and then worked a couple of hours my book project, but now I'm working full-time on my book project. So, you know, nothing that is really passionately desired is going to be easy. You have to sow your seeds of sacrifice. So have your any dreams been realized as a result of your writing? Um, I would really think that it's the notion that it was possible. Um, there were a lot of speed bumps in my way, um, but I'm just really glad that you know I can look right now at the proof of my book and say, "Wow, all of this work for this book right here." I'm so grateful that I'm even at this point. You know, if I have the only copy on the on the planet, I have it. <laughs> if I created it. You know, and it's my legacy. I just hope that you know other people will read it and, you know, join the movement of what it is that I'm trying to do. But um, I'm just happy for that. I'm overly grateful that there is a book and I can touch it and I can flip the pages. <laughs> there you go. You know. And it is, is something to um, behold when you get your first book and that's why I, I do what I do. I like sharing sharing that moment with authors. Um, it's It's a particular thrill. Uh, Sisters in Harmony wants me to tell you that you are now part of our family, and we will tell our members about you. Keep doing what you are doing, and I will see you this weekend. Thank you. 
and that they like the show. Uh, just let everyone know that the show is, uh, as soon as it's over, in about a half an hour, I also uh, include the link for the show. And anyone who misses it or missed it, uh, that's fine because you can listen to it in its entirety at your own, at your own leisure uh, at any time. So be sure to you know let everyone know that they're not alone. They can they can uh, enjoy the show even after it's over. Also, I'll will, give you. Sorry. Also, give you the code that way you can put it up on your your website as well. Yes. Okay. Uh, we okay. have. We do have somebody else here. And I'm going to really, really crucify your your name here. Sorry. Yes. I'll take, say it. It's Tania. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Major. Okay. Uh, I was late to call and wanted to know if anyone from the book came from personal experience. That's a good question. Um, What I would say is, just like the title, um, Reflections of a Whisper, each of the characters um, are a a sort of reflection of myself. There's a part of my personality in each one of the characters, even if it comes from a different angle. So um, there's there's a little bit of me in each of the characters, even though they do all have their own personality. So the storyline is not from my own personal experience, but I sewed a little bit of myself, like I said, in each character. So it's a reflection of me as well. Oh, there you go. That's a great way to put it. And it looks like somebody else is typing. But before uh, we have about... Seven minutes, so I'm going to ask you my ending question, and then if she has something else to add, I can do that. Okay. The question is, you have successfully slain the dragon. How will you celebrate? I'm having a party on September the 24th (laughs) in Philadelphia at the Arts Garage, and I am going to do a two-step. (laughs) <laughs> okay. For every for every long day and for every stressful day and for every migraine headache, there will be another step to my dance. So that's really how I'm going to celebrate. Really, and I, okay. you know, I think that it would be important for me to do that around the people that have supported me the most, so that way I can enjoy it. Now, will you physically have any books by that point, or is that you're just finished and you're getting to the point where you write where you're going to be printing? No, the books will be available for sale at the party. Awesome. Okay. On the 24th. Okay, that's so, terrific. Um, you can order it online or um, there is a bundle um, on my online store where you can get um, a release party ticket bundled with a copy of the book. So once you come to the door at the party, we'll already have your book back, um, packaged for you. Um, so it's one of the two. But, yes, books will be at the party. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> And it's always Better stressful when that, that last, last few days and you're wondering, how did you going to get here? <laughs> yes. Well, we uh, for that one for a few days, so I'm I'm grateful to uh, the printer that I use, and I'm grateful to UPS, and when I see the UPS man, I might just give him a big old hug. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably getting used to that. <laughs> so uh, the last comment uh, from the same friend of yours is uh congrats as well. I am very proud of you. Thank you, T. <laughs> so that's uh that's it for the night. And it's uh it's really a pleasure talking to you and I wish you all the luck and let me know, you know, step you know, step into my Facebook page once in a while, let me know how you're doing. Absolutely. And especially when you get a second book in, you know, let me know. Ahead of time, and you know, we'll get you some interviews. Time. Uh, I would suggest maybe if you're thinking about it to go to uh, Author Supporting Authors Group. They're a great group to do a blog talk, not a blog tour. So okay. you can hit a lot of a lot of great people at once, and get more influence on a, a lot of different you know, blog areas. And and it's a, they've been great to me. So. Uh, I send you know, everyone I can their way because I think they do some really good work for people. Authors need all the help. I they think can... I... Go ahead. 
And so I said, authors need all the help they can get. Right. I think I just, um, they just approved me a few days ago, but, you know, you giving the, the thumbs up makes it all that much more better. And I definitely want to um, keep in contact with you to network, to, you know, talk about some other things. And um, absolutely. So I just appreciate you. I thank you for um, having me on your show because, you know, you got an email out of nowhere. <laughs> And you were like, I would love to have you on the show. So I'm really grateful for that. I really am. Thank you so much. Well, that's why we're here. We're trying, you know, we we try to help uh, people and we meet people. And that's what it's all about is meeting others and and saying, hey, you know, what are you doing? And your marketing ideas might spark some other thoughts and, you know, uh, and we give you, you know, hopefully give you some ideas and, and uh, and share it because that's that's really what it's all about is is the sharing of the information, and uh, that way we can all get out there and 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 get great readers. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I wish you all the luck and uh, looking forward to seeing more about you. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay, everybody else, thanks for coming and listening. And again, uh, let your friends and relatives know that. Uh, they can li- listen to the show in its entirety uh, at any time of their leisure at the link on that same page that they are on now. What would be about half an hour from now, well, the link will change to an archive mode. So with that, I thank you so much for coming on, and I'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you so much, Pat. You have a great night. You too. So that's it for the night, and our next show is going to be, let me go back and find out here. I don't have anything going on on Saturday uh, with us as well, because I've got a brand new newspaper I'm putting together, uh, now Managing Editor for Connotations newspaper, and so I'll be working the next week getting that in order. We don't have anything more unless somebody wants to come aboard for next week sometime, uh, this time on 27th. Otherwise, I've got a lot of things going on in October. We've got Jane Cognon coming on uh, uh, October 3rd. Oh, I'm sorry, not 3rd. October 4th, 5.30 to 7 o'clock. That's Jane and... On the 11th, we have Erica A. Murray on October 11th. All these are Tuesdays, so they're the same radio author spotlights. And then on the 18th, we just have a brand new one that just signed up today, Erin uh, Lane. Uh, she's got some time travel anthologies, and she also writes a lot of other uh, nonfiction. So, uh, excited to just have her on on October 18th. So that's the lineup for the month so far. And until then, I will see you then and have a great day, a great evening. Uh, This is KWAD Radio and Patty Holstrand signing off. Thank you.